Welcome to the 100th JBST Smartcast, released 1st of January 2012. This is the multi-sport podcast for triathletes, duathletes, sportive riders, road racers, time trialists, runners, mountain bikers and fitness enthusiasts. Whatever your distance and whatever your event, this podcast aims to make you smarter and faster. Thank you for downloading this 100th episode. This is the seventh year. The podcast first started in 2006, and I'm delighted to bring you an interview with Mike and Andy Raylett, two of the world's top Ironman athletes. This comes to you courtesy of Powerbar. There's a great interview, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Right, so it is December the 18th, 2011. Um, I'm honoured, I'm uh, nervous, I'm, uh, I'm already getting my Christmas present because at the other end of the line we've got Andy and Mikey Rayler. They are taking time out from their winter programme to, uh, to do a podcast. So hi guys. Hello. Right, I'm, I'm going to bombard you with questions. People listen to this podcast uh, as, as with many podcasts, they're from, you know, from all over the planet and we often get people asking lots of questions. So I, I guess one thing, lots of people want to know, uh, what was your sort of introduction to triathlon? How did you find yourself um, doing your first triathlon? Um, it's any talking right now. <laughs> right. I'm confused. Okay. So it's a very long, long time ago and it started in 93 and... As far as I remember, um, it was I was a 16 years old boy, and uh, my dream was it to start in an Olympic distance race. And I think I was feeling like everybody else do. I was really nervous. I have never done any yeah running or, or cycling races, so um, I didn't know. What, uh, what I could do, but uh, I knew for sure that it would be very, very exciting because I saw a documentary about the Ironman World Championship in Kona okay. in, in, in TV. So um, I was uh, looking forward, yeah, just to, to get the same feeling. I had these memories or these pictures in my mind. So when I started my first Olympic distance, I had to swim without a wetsuit and we had 17 or 18 degrees Celsius water temperature, which is really chilly. Yeah. So, and I was using a, yeah, a normal race suit. So like a, absolutely like a rookie, <laughs> but uh, I was, Dealing um, yeah, actually very well because I had the background as a swimmer, yeah. and uh, yeah, cycling was pretty much uh, <laughs> the first time with running shoes and with the old, very old road bike from a good friend of mine. The road bike was, yeah, of course, a little bit too too big for me. So, but forty kilometers, yeah, and it took probably one and a half hour to get over the course. And um, the run 
as I remember, was yeah very hard. But uh, I could run a sub forty minutes for the I would say ten kilometer <laughs> run. So, but uh, I struggled a lot. But the best time I had was crossing the finish line, and this feeling, I yeah, right from this moment, I, I just thought, okay, that's my sport. I would love to do for the next years. Wow. Wow. So, so, so sub, sub 40 minutes for your first 10K running off the bike. Oh, yes. Uh, no, it, was, it wasn't bad for a 16-year-old boy, <laughs> just with the background as a swimmer and a former wrestler. So I was uh, quite happy. But the best thing was uh, I was really excited and nervous, you know, to do an Olympic distance race. And when I made it, I was so happy. And uh, this feeling, crossing the finish line to make it, yeah, was was the the kickoff. Right, and, and what about you, Mikey? What what was your intro to the sport? Oh, I started in '95 actually, so I yeah, so 16 years already. And at this age, at 15, I was 15. Yeah, 15. Yeah, 15. Actually, I was born in '80. So uh, I was struggling through my life with all the stupid things what a what a teenage boy is doing and. And try to do a bit of sport as well, but uh, at this point, I was watching one race, uh, one of any races, and since then, I got pretty much dedicated to the sport. I thought it's cool. This is like it gives me a it gives me a standpoint in life. And since then, I dedicated my life to to the sport. And and yeah, especially my first race in '95, even a couple months later, I. I race against Andy at a at a normal normal uh, sprint distance, and at this point, Andy said he tried to or he want to do this race with me together. That I got into it or whatever, but after the swim, he decided to go by himself and he tried to win this race, and I was pretty much lost. But at this point, Andy Andy got lost on the bike, so he went the wrong way, and at the end. Okay. At some point, he, he yeah he he, uh, he he turned back and so but he was far behind me. I was somewhere in the middle of hundred people, maybe fifties or sixties. But at the end, he caught up to me. Maybe after four k on the run, so just one k to go, and then this is the first race we did actually together. So we start running together to the finish line, and this first race remembers me or then we got our dream maybe at one point we raced together in Kona and do this what we did at my first race do together in Kona and since yeah so it's actually it's Andy's fault that I that I that I'm in triathlon right now and that I live my my dream that I live my life in this way yeah is it is it is it uh is it quite good to have um both of you to have sort of you know training partner that is that is your brother is your friend is somebody that that you can sort of train train with but also you know they're 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 one of your siblings so it, it kind of it it does it work really well for you uh at one mostly yeah but mostly we are still brothers and there are still little fights always like siblings are doing and so it's not we love each other there's no doubt, but sometimes you got a little fight and like little like like siblings are getting and so. But yes, for me and I hope for Andy as well, it's a big, a big, big, big advantage to train, to stay, whatever together, and try to to make the best of it. 
Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, looking from the from the training point, um, we are a very individual sport, but uh, to make it uh, to the top, and you you have to train in a group with world class athletes, and uh, this advantage to have, yeah, every single morning, Mikey. Uh, as a world-class athlete right in front of me for swimming, biking and running uh, is a really big advantage. Or even behind you. <laughs> I see see the, the sibling rivalry even during a podcast. Even during a podcast. Uh, but, uh, and if you look uh, to the, uh, the Brownie brothers or if you see Chloe or the German boys from the Olympic distance, uh, they are training in a strong training group, and I think that's the key. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so t talking um, specifics of training, and this is this is just um, one of my little, uh, uh, I guess, um, one of my sort of like research um, uh, queries. Really, is that how much how much time do you do you spend? typically in uh depending on the zones that you use what sort of amount of time do you spend as a proportion of each week are you are you all sort of steady state work do you have uh 20% lactate threshold do you have 20% high threshold what what sort of proportions do you play around with um um I wouldn't go too specific, yeah. but uh, I think it's, it's, it's pretty normal. I mean, you, you start the season um, after a very good uh, off-season because that's the most important part, that you don't start to train too soon, that you are motivated to get into the new season. And first of all, it's all about the goals for the following year, about the, the main races. And then you just count backwards uh, weeklies or the weeks, and then you start to make uh, some some to build up uh, block wise. Can I say this? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, beginning of the year, it's it's always like that. You try to to, to set your 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 basics. So with a long and uh, endurance stuff, but also with some crossover sports like skiing and playing soccer and some something which is not really very specific. Yeah. And of course, yeah, you pay attention to the core stuff and to to, to get into the uh, gymnastic room, all these these things, and you put it together right at the beginning of the year and. Uh, later in the season, of then yeah, you start to to put blocks of of swim swimming or with high endurance as part in cycling or running, with a little bit of um, power training as yeah. well. Yeah. So and later in the season, of course, then you start very to get very specific. Um, um, very specific paddles to, to ride your, your TT bike, then uh, to get the high quality for the run and for the bike as well. So it's uh, it's not that you can see it right now, okay, January, February or March, um, to do this workouts. It's all about uh, the race schedule you are training for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so quite quite a a sort of classic periodization then. 
Oh, absolutely. And uh, it's um, and the question is always uh, if, for example, over the, the long distance, especially if I talk about myself, I have this dream uh, to have my best performance in Kona. And it's at the beginning of October, so it's a very, very long time. So, and um, I like to have this double prioritization. Yeah. You know what? Uh, is it correct in English as well? Yeah, yeah, a double, a double peak. A double peak, yes, because it's 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 too long just to 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 have this build up to to Kona. So, and um, if you have this this double peak, then it's always very important where you want to make this 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 first peak. This um, you know the the, the final. The final preparation, I'll kind of say it's, it's uh, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, this, this, this magical test event. Yeah. yeah. To make, in this year, to make the, this year very, so, sorry if, I, if I'm, if it's too hard to understand, but every single year you have to adapt new things in your training process. Yeah. Some yeah. little things, just to, to, to make things better. So, and, uh, if you know what you are doing, then you need always a little test event. And the first pick is always, for me, the, the very important to, to get confident about what I have done for the first uh, six months and to get confident for my preparation for Kona. So. And would that, would that be normally, uh, as some people say it, uh, rough, but as I understand it, it's root? Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, it's, it's and it's it's for me. It's very important, and you still can adjust some things after the first week for your final preparation. Yeah, yeah. That makes no. That, that makes perfect sense. So um, you're both uh, you're you're both power bar athletes. How much do you play around with um, with how much you you take in during training? Do you try some of these? really low carb sessions that make your body you know dig into its reserves and then go to the extreme and see how much you can get in per hour and and not bring it back up do you, do you play around much or do you stick to a to a certain pattern uh, yes and no <laughs> of course the nutrition part is it's is very very important and of course if uh, you are you try to improve your nutrition plan uh, for every single race. So after every main event, let's say for me Roth or, or Kona, um, I try to analyze what was good, what's what not, not that good. And so I try to, to change something different, slightly different to the, to the next year. The yeah. problem with the nutrition side is always you, this, if you put it in the right way for one race, it really doesn't work 100% exactly the same way in the next race. So it's, it's always, uh, you have to deal with this situation because your stomach is not always in the same mood and it's probably the weakest part over the whole performance. So what I do, uh, what we do is that we try to, to, to do our, our key sessions for, for, for the races, 
in, in training that we try to, to get the right nutrition scenario, what we would like to have um, for the race. Yeah. So, and that's, that's the point where we are really focused on about all the other nutrition. I mean, it's, it's very normal. Um, if you are in a training camp, you, of course, you try to, to have a high quality of, of regular food and you try to train yeah, with some, 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 some power bars and power gels over your training session. But you, we are not really focused on, on this part to, to train extremely low carb, but um, we are focused on, the, on, the, yeah, on our key sessions. Okay, and uh, so you you uh, you use the the race nutrition to to at least practice what you hope will work on race day. Oh, absolutely, and it's always. Um, I mean, it's, it's very important because it's for Ironman distance. It's an eight-hour race, and it's not about. Of course, it's it's about speed, but it's all about the the, the, the full package you have to handle. And if you have, um, yeah, if you know what, you, for example, like I don't want to put power bar on on a higher level, but it's you know what is in there, you can get it everywhere in the world, and you know when you when you train with with with, with these products, um, you're gonna use for the race, so it's there's no. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, like you said, it, it, it's kind of adaption, but it's always a, you don't have to take care too much about these things. You know what you have, what you get, and uh, to make things very easy and very simple for the race. Because if you are focused on race day just for the nutrition, it takes too much energy for your mind. So you are focused on, on, on other things. Okay. Yeah, that make, that make, that makes sense. It's 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 fuel for the engine, but you have to be slightly flexible on race day, depending on as, as you put it brilliantly, depending on what mood your stomach is in. Oh yes, and absolutely, and, and you don't want to pay attention, you know, on on the nutrition part. It's it's there. You know what you have to do, and that's it. So it's it's it shouldn't be in your mind. No, all day long. No, it's just a, it's it's like a a routine that you've got used to. Um, which I guess would it would it be correct in saying you're trying to get a a gram per kilogram of carbohydrate per hour? Oh yes, I mean if you, if you talk about about grams, it's always like that. The, I mean the the um, the signs say that you can have seventy five to ninety gram per hour. Yeah. To get and uh, of course you you try to to get to this maximum. If it works at the very end, you never know. I mean, it's on one side you got the science, on the other side you have to look at the at the practical things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I understand you were out in Mallorca for the Power Bar Conference. Oh man, yeah, it was was very interesting uh, to to get to see the uh, how the specialists are, uh, how the science. Uh, are working and how they're thinking and it's 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 was really interesting to see okay how much you can improve actually on the nutrition side as well even if you are yeah all the athlete yeah 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 
um, and, and they've already actually published the published the uh, the, the the kind of uh, it's about I think a, a twenty page um, PDF that is available if people go looking for it and and having read a good part of it, it's quite amazing actually how specific the nutrition is starting to 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 sort of eke out those last few percentages. Oh, absolutely. And if you, if you just see it from the practical side, especially over the, the longer distance, the most people are struggling with the nutrition side. Right. Okay. So um, let's, let's assume you get, get your nutrition right and everything. Um, which of you two is going to be the first one under eight hours at Kona then? To be honest, the dream is that we both get on the trials together. Okay. Okay. So I, I would be really happy for Andy if 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 he does it, but on the other side, I might be happy if I, if I do it as well. So, but at the end, Kona is not this. It's not the question about being under sub eight. No. It's more the question to win this race. Yeah. And to win this race together, and this is the bigger the bigger dream, like the. The, not the sub eight question, but at the other side, yeah, we would be would be cool to be under sub eight. I mean, dreaming is not Ill, illegal, and uh, what Mike said, I mean, you have to have the dream to follow, and then uh, you you will see what you what how you how you can make it. But, and uh, like Mike said, winning Kona is the, the one of the highest score you might have, and. It's not about the time, yeah. and if you look to the results over the last two years and three years, that the quality is so high at the moment, and I'm pretty sure that, uh, I'm not really sure if it's next year or the next two years, but for sure on the, in, the, in the future, that if you want to win Kona, that when the conditions are perfect, that we can see a winner with um, yeah close or sub eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the conditions, if they if they got really bad, it would be it would be lucky to do eight ten or eight thirty. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's all about the wind. It's all about the, the weather conditions, like the heat, especially the heat for for the marathon. So if it's five or let's say over 40 degrees Celsius, you just can see that the, all the times are going slower. So and uh, even if you are in a really good shape, you, you can't go, go that fast if it would be uh, five degrees um, cooler. And also the, the tactical part in, in such a race is, 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 is yeah, very, very important. So there's Konas is not like, for example, Ross that you go full gas right from the beginning. So you have to 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 see. You have to stay to your tactic, to your strategy, but you have to be able to to change your your your, your strategy as well from one moment to the other, and um, that you. It's it's always like at the right at the beginning, everybody is feeling great. So, and you don't win a race when you're feeling fine, you just uh, start to lose a race if you're feeling, yeah, not that good. And it always happens in the second half of, of the race. So it's, the technical part is, the technical thing is, is, is also very important. And at the other point, being, or talking about being under sub-8 in Kona, 
Any and I believe or have this in mind because a lot of people talking about it's impossible to be under sub eight in Kona because of the condition of the race of this of this ish, of the whatever. But uh, Andy and I believe that because these guys couldn't do it, doesn't mean that we cannot do it. So yeah. we believe it's possible, and I think maybe not we, but there will be somewhere uh, someone who can do it because. The, the thoughts always like Kona is impossible to be under sub eight. It's we believe because they couldn't do it or they don't think that it's possible uh, that we still can do it or that still is possible for us or for someone else. So because someone couldn't do it or in the past doesn't mean that nobody will do it in the in the future. And this is yeah. for, for example, if you I mean you saw Crow is struggling on the last two kilometers to the finish. Yeah. He had to stop because he, he, he got some cramps. So just imagine if this wouldn't happen for, for some reason, may, he would maybe the first guy under sub eight this year. So it's so you just can see it. It's, it's definitely not impossible, but it's not the most important thing. It's all about to win this race. Yeah, and it may it may come to a point where you have to be capable of doing that in order to win the race. Yes. Oh, absolutely, and you have to take obviously a, a, a risk in such a race. Okay. Um, so, so, so training. Um, what if you would divulge it? What would be the peak hours in your biggest blocks of training? What, what is, what is your biggest volume that you would attain in a week? Uh, to be honest, uh, for me it's maybe twelve, and for Andy it's sixteen hours. Now, triathlon is not a sport of talent, it's a sport of discipline and training and resting. And it's not a secret, but you have to train a lot to be at this point. And it goes from 25 actually to 40 hours, like the peaks getting close to 40 hours uh, a week. And this is like the, the time of training, not the time actually put on your clothes, go, uh, to go to the swimming pool. So yeah, yeah. it's getting more and more and more. But the real, the, just the real training time is going up to 40, sometimes even a bit more. Yeah, and I know that there are uh, age groupers that, that, that shake their head when they hear that. And I, I was lucky enough to, uh, to, to coach um, a, a very good uh, American triathlete who's now an author called Eric Ha. And uh, this was in the, in the early 90s. And, and we got it up to 40 hours. But mm -hmm. looking at that, and, and, and just thinking about that, you know, it was it was incredibly long days and long sessions. And, and it was obviously for a brief period of time. But but maybe that is what it takes at a certain point in the body's physiological development to then be be capable of, of racing for what feels like, you know, seven and a half to eight hours then feels a relatively short period of time. Oh, absolutely. And uh, the key is always to find the right uh, balance between your workout and your recovery. And the second uh, big step is all about the efficiency of your training. You can train for hours and hours and hours, but if you are not efficient enough at the end of, at the, end of the day, then it doesn't make sense. So. To find the efficiency, the perfect efficiency is is it's is always the key. Okay. And the, and the other thing is actually 
because triathlon, why is it so cool? Everybody can do it because you don't really need that talent. You can be even big or tall, tiny, skinny or even bigger. It's just the, the thing to get discipline and to, yeah, to get in a routine. It's not about that you, it's, yeah, it's actually all about discipline and preparing. And so it doesn't really matter what, what kind of motorical skills you have. It's more really like your mental and your, your, your thoughts that you really want to do it. And you can work on. Yeah. And uh, mistakes are, uh, are normal. Everybody does mistakes. Yeah. Well, that was what, that was one of my questions that I'd sent to you was about the sort of mental side of it. What, what sort of positive phrases do you say to yourself? Is it, is it this idea that, you know, we can do sub eight hours if nobody else thinks they can, or have you got certain phrases you bounce around between one another? In racing or in training? Yeah, in training. Oh, in training, to be honest, I reckon everybody in the world has his own special mind moments and dreams. And this is like, of course, you're, when you sometimes you go running and you're thinking about winning Kona or meeting the girl you fall in love or whatever. So you're always thinking and dreaming in your mind. And yeah, especially if you have a good day, you're, you're kind actually right now in Kona then. And if you have a bad day, you're just thinking to get this done and get back home. Yeah. So you you have plenty of uh, of sessions where uh, where it's what what I would call a dreaded session. You sort of get it over and done with, but you don't want you don't want to be like that the following day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, I mean the, the if if you have your 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 key session, then you get in your you get in your your own zone. You get in this this zone that you that you know. Okay, that's a very very important session for me. And that and you try to 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 think it's it's kind of a race. That is the the point where you have to. I mean, it's it's hard to explain in English, but uh, you you are in your own world and you're playing uh, this session like okay, that's going to be the race. Uh, for example, for Kona or some or another race that you are, that you have to to go hard and that you have to be smart and that's it's gonna hurt you and it's 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 part of the of the full program. Yeah. So what any really means like if you go like easy long sessions by yourself or then you get in the mental mood and dreaming. But if you do the key sessions, the really the important key sessions, you are really you just corresponding to your own body and. There's no thinking about races. You're just looking at how your body react, what is he doing, and you're pretty much focusing on just this on the key session. There's no there's no time and no brain cells to think on some crazy dreaming stuff. But it's mostly mostly like the long easy sessions. Right. I yeah. say it makes off. Of course, if you if you are, if you have your key session and if you if you are running a um, yeah a half marathon. So then you know, oh, it's going to hurt now. And then you know, okay, it's hurting now and it has to hurt yourself because it's probably the same feeling what you get if you, if you raise Kona or, or Roth. So, and so it's, so you, you try to, to work on then, and it helps you later on in the race that if you have done your key sessions in the right mood, 
just to, to remember, okay, I made it in my training session and now it's a race day. So, and it's, you can do it, you can make it. It's nothing different. Yeah. It's just the way that some, some other athletes are around. That's the only difference. Yeah, that makes, that makes uh, absolute perfect sense. Okay, if you were not elite triathletes, what would you be doing? Andy, I'll mark you first. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty interested actually in politics. This is the kind of what, what I studied before. But yeah, maybe going in this direction or maybe even become a farmer. I pretty, pretty much love the land life. Uh, land life, land, land life, yeah, whatever. So I'm pretty much interested in this as well. But yeah, I never really thought about what I'm doing without triathlon. So this is actually this is not a sport. This is my life, and I'm not doing triathlon. I'm living triathlon, and this is yeah. And really, never thought about this one. And yeah, at the moment, oh, I wouldn't say at the moment, but uh, we 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 have our own little company called the Radar Brothers and as a professional athlete um, you have to run your, your own little company and uh, that's um, really a full-time job so and it, it it starts yeah not in the morning and ends in the evening it's seven days a week 365 days over the year so but the good thing is you are most of the time responsible for yourself, which gives you a really nice feeling. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the same as being um, being a, a, a long-term coach. You you do it 365 days a year. You're in charge of what you do, um, and, and hence, like you say, you're not doing a job. You're just you're being what you what you are in a sense. Yeah, and uh, I think that's that's very very important if you want to be very successful if you look it you know just to say it's it's my job i have to do it um i think if it comes to a race and it comes to a very close finish where you have to put more than your hundred percent then it makes a difference and yeah there are a lot of training sessions sometimes you say okay i have to do this but mostly are actually 99 percent it's any and we want to do this. So this is actually not a job or this is what we really want. And so, yes, yeah, we want to train, we want to do this in our way. And this is kind of unique and special and makes us maybe, yeah, happy about, about what we're doing. Yeah, well, th thank you guys. I mean, this is, uh, this has been, uh, been absolutely awesome to, uh, to, to get, um, what the what the sport knows to be two of the most uh, hardworking, talented triathletes that uh, that there are, and to just to just hear what you know what you think and and uh, what you do is is great, and I'm sure there will be loads of uh, age group uh, triathletes and and other athletes that listen to the podcast that. Um, this will be uh, this will be a great Christmas present to them because you provide motivation in the fact that uh, in doing the sport at such a high level, it just you know it, it's it's what everybody else would love to be doing if they if they had the talent and the opportunity, but because they can't, these sort of things 
really are are uh, incredible. They get to hear people that they see in magazines and see, you know, racing Kona and racing 70.3. So thank you so much for your time. It is, um, it is an absolute pleasure to have been uh, speaking with you today. Well, John, I mean, I'll be uh, very thankful that you got the opportunity to talk to you. And uh, I mean, it's, it, makes me very, it makes us very proud and uh, very emotional because I think it's, that's why triathlon is, is, is really so popular, of course. We, we, we are thankful that we can live our life right now and that we can follow our passion. And it always comes back to, to, to a reason. If you look into other sports around the world, I think there are just a handful of, of, of other sports where professional athletes can start with amateurs in the same race. And the only difference is just the time at the finish line. But everybody in this field goes through the same uh, good patches and bad patches and everybody can talk about the, the same race, about the same emotional things.